1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you
0: can get podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bottle home and auto. We offer round the clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider
2: Matt Bertaram and Mark Carmen. Welcome in, Stacking the Box, as we lead off on this after Thanksgiving holiday with complete nauseation. I've been eating. All week long, Verteram, I feel vile. For some reason, I can't get full. I just keep eating. Uh, but week 12 is, for the most part, in the books. We've got uh, a Monday nighter with the Seahawks and the Eagles and a Tuesday nighter, COVID uh, Super Bowl, the Ravens and the Steelers. But we start with your Kansas City Chiefs, Matt Vertoram. I'm assuming you already did your Chiefs podcast today, so you may be Chiefs out. But hey, this is the game of the day. Chiefs started out, you know, led after one quarter, 17-zip, and ended up holding on 27-24. Unbelievable day again for Patrick Mahomes, 37-49, of 462 yards at three touchdowns. Uh, the Chiefs are 10-1. and Brady played okay, better, uh, but a couple of interceptions obviously killed him. Thoughts on the Chiefs and the Bucks, Matt Verrim. Good to see you.
1: Uh, you as well, Carm. I think the uh, problem of not getting fully referring to is a tapeworm. <laughs> um. No, listen, man, I although I hear you, I hear you. I am uh, I'm about one bite of food away from just being on the wall. But that th- that being said, look, I thought the Chiefs game, it wasn't too far off of what I expected. I thought the Chiefs would throw the ball a lot because Tampa has a great run defense, and the Chiefs actually ran okay in the game. They ran for four and a half yards of carry, especially second half. They they did a nice job when they weren't taking eighteen holding penalties. Um, but. I thought, I thought you see the Chiefs spread him out and put the ball up a lot. Mahomes threw 49 times, 462 yards. Um, look, the story of the game was the Buccaneers tried to single Tyreek Hill up, and it was a disaster. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. 269 to 15th most in a single game ever, uh, three touchdowns. Hill went into the day 14th in the league in receiving yardage, and now he's number one. So a big day.
2: Yeah, twenty point seven yards per catch, and the one throw in the right corner of the end zone, where, uh, I mean, it's got an inch of a window to get in there, and they connect. Yeah. I mean, it's just preposterous play. I, I, how do you, how do you defend that? I, I forget who the Bucks uh, cor-
1: cornerback was. Carlton on Davis, there. who I think is contemplating retirement after that game. Um, no, you're right, man. I mean, my dad and I are talking about that, actually. like, th- There is no defense for that throw. There isn't. I mean, that's a throw where if you're a defender, you just tip your cap and say, hey, man, <laughs> like, you make that throw, all the power to you. Um, and, and the catch, too.
2: Like, it's just it's so much concentration involved in all of that. How is he getting it through that window? Is it actually right. going to work? I mean, it's unbelievable.
1: No, no, listen, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I give the
2: throw more credit than the catch, but the, the whole thing's
1: insane. Yeah, no. Listen, Mahomes. I mean, all three of the touchdown plays, to the Hill were ridiculous. I mean, the first one's a seventy-five yard bomb that was actually a little underthrown. It was it was a good throw, but it was a touch behind them. Hill made the adjustment, made a couple guys miss, and walks in. All told, though, man. I mean, yeah. You look at the stats: five hundred and forty-three yards of offense, twenty-six first downs, yards per play, seven and a half yards per play. Um, you know. It, <laughs> You you know, you look at them, and you pretty much say, yeah. I mean, they took – the Chiefs took 10 penalties in the game. They went 0-3 in the red zone, and they they still won the game and had 543 yards. So that tells you all you need to know. It, when they play like that offensively, unless the defense just absolutely pisses down its leg for 60 minutes, they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose a game, and they – Today, I mean, that game, well, Tampa made it close in the end. They had 14 points in the fourth and what. But, I mean, for most of the game, Kansas City completely dictated against a very good Bucs team in their building.
2: Yeah, and all true. And 7-5, uh, you know, still a playoff team, but it's getting a little dicey here in Tampa Bay right now. Okay, the time to win some games is on the Bucks, And everybody expected, or at least I, I think everyone expected, the Chiefs to come out on top today, and they did. But uh, now it's it's really go time for Tampa as far as solidifying themselves as a playoff team. Gronk with six uh, catches today, M over 100 yards. That was a nice day for
1: the for the Gronkowski showing a little fountain of youth. He, he had a nice day. He had a nice day. Godin had a nice day, 97 yards. Antonio Brown did nothing. Two catches on three targets, 11 yards.
0: Evans had an okay day. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K,
1: unreasonably good. He did have two touchdowns, but he only had 50 yards. Um, No, Gronk, Gronk played well, man. And they hit some big plays. Like Brady actually threw the deep ball okay. His two picks, one was on a deep ball, but he got hammered by Tyron Matthew as he threw it. It was a ball he shouldn't have thrown. Like really, the interception was more about his decision than it was the, the process. And then um, the second pick was awful. The second pick, he threw straight into Dan Sorensen's helmet, who was blitzing, uh, and, but, was, but was stopped by the lineman. He threw, it, he threw the ball really low, hit him in the helmet, popped up, and Matthew was just standing there for the pick. But all told, like Brady was okay in the game. Like he didn't get him killed. His QBR was 60 and the scale went to 100. Not great, but it wasn't awful. It just, again, it's a game where against Kansas City, even if you're a good team, and Tampa certainly is, you just have no margin for error with them. You can't make mistakes. And Brady threw two picks in the red zone. Um, you know, one was a bomb that was into the red zone. Another one, they had a sustained drive. And, you know, you look at Mahomes. 37-49, four three touchdowns. Like, you're just, you're not going to beat them if you make mistakes in the game. And, the, you know, the Bucs forced a turnover in the red zone on a strip sack. They got, a, you know, they, they, they forced the Chiefs to kick some field goals, but it didn't matter. Like, ultimately, it just didn't, it didn't matter because of Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey.
2: Steelers and Ravens on Tuesday night, of course, Pittsburgh 10 and 0. Pittsburgh's a heavy favorite of that game now. Uh, yeah. Uh, with, uh, I mean, who's quarterbacking for the Ravens? RG3. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, that's probably not going to work out particularly no, nobody. well. Nobody. Right. Um, which is, I guess, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit here, but uh, uh, the Denver Broncos. I, I did put in my application to try to play QB for the Broncos today for Rams. You try to get in there?
1: Uh, no, no, I did not. I, I do not want any part of that. <laughs> that
2: was, this is, uh, this is 2020. Kendall Hinton, one of nine, two interceptions,
1: 13 yards. He had no chance. I know. You know? I, know. I mean, like, I, know. I love these people on Twitter. who are Like, oh, you know, he's really playing like crap. You think? Like, what do you think? He's going to go in there and light it up? Like, this poor guy, he a receiver who was a backup quarterback at Wake Forest. And, like, last night, he just were like, hey, you're playing quarterback. Okay. I mean, he completed one ball, baby. Yeah. A little, little slip screen behind the line and yeah. going for 13. And hey, listen, you know what? This is what it is. We'll talk more about COVID in a yeah. little bit. But, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that was, that was a rough. Look, Denver was losing that game anyway, but that was impossible.
2: I, I thought one of the bigger surprises today was the Titans and the Colts. Tennessee going into Indy, not necessarily just winning the game. Okay, fine. And the Titans are you know up top now in the AFC South at eight and three. Colts are seven and four, uh, but they put 35 on the great Colts defense, or what had been a great Colts defense until uh, recent weeks here. They put 35 up in the first half. They hold on uh, convincingly, 45-26. Uh, Derek Henry was just an enormous day: twenty-seven carries, one hundred and seventy-eight yards, three touchdowns. You know what's underrated about him? He is like we always talk about how big he is and just a load to to take down. But right, he is elusive too. I mean, he, he was especially on the on the carpet. Uh, he was he was dancing all over the place today. It was an impressive performance.
1: He he's faster than people realize, and he does have good feet. Look, I watched that game live. Through most of the third quarter, and then the game just kind of went so sideways, I turned that, but uh, or tuned out. But so, Danico Autry and DeForest Buckner are really good, especially Buckner, really good defensive tackles for the Colts. They're both on the COVID list. That game changed fundamentally when that happened. The Colts just couldn't stop. I mean, and, and I give look, All will you know what there's a weird thing to say because it sounds obvious, but I think you'll know what I mean. The Titans were smart enough to just look at the obvious thing and go, that's what we're doing in this game. So often teams try to get cute, they outsmart themselves. You know, the Titans looked at this game and went, oh, they have uh, two, two defensive tackles who are out for this game, who are the strength of their defense. You know what we ought to do? Run right at their backups.
2: Same thing that Green Bay did to the Bears without Akeem Hicks, and yeah, it worked. And,
1: and they just killed him. I mean, in that. I know that sounds obvious. Like you would say, well, of course, that's what they would do. But so often teams don't do it. They 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 get inside their own head. The Titans were just moving. I was shocked watching that game at how the Titans were just moving the line of scrimmage three, four yards at a shot. I mean, Henry wasn't even getting touched. So kudos to them. It's a big win. Yeah, you know, Tan didn't have to do a lot. I mean, he was he was fine. Two twenty one, a touchdown, ten yards in attempt, which is great. Didn't throw it much. A.J. Brown. 69-yard touchdown catch. He's awesome. The, the worry I have with the Colts is not that they lost this game. Look, I, th- I think with Autry and Buckner, it's a different game. But the offense just really worries me. Like, I know they scored 26 points, but 12 of those points are complete garbage. Rivers threw the ball for 40, 42 times for 295. Like, okay, I mean, seven yards in a 10, two touchdowns, a pick. Eh, they can't run the ball at all. They have no ability to run the ball. Hilton, at this point, is a good receiver. They have nobody else. Like, Naheem Hines is a good receiving back. Burton's a guy at tight end. I, just, I worry about them, especially if they got to go play in cold weather in the playoffs. And now, like, that loss they had week one against Jacksonville, which is the only game Jacksonville's won all year, looming large. Because these two teams now split, and the Titans are up a game, but the Titans have the better divisional record because they beat Jacksonville, and Indy didn't. So that could end up being the difference. That's a killer for the Colts.
2: No question. And, you know, speaking of surprises today, uh, hello, Las Vegas. I mean, it's one thing to lose, but to get smoked 43 to 6 by the Falcons, I mean, the Raiders basically just, I mean, should not have shown up. Whatever they were doing out there was not, they were not playing the actual game of football. And here comes Bill Belichick again, scheming for uh, I, I don't know how much credit you want to completely give him for everything he's able to do to, to quarterbacks, but I thought he, he, te- he definitely impacted Kyler Murray today, under 200 yards for 170, as uh, the Patriots improved five and six lurking around. Uh, Cardinals are now six and five. And right. then the the other upset everyone's everyone was getting all high and mighty on the rams. The Rams is the best team in the NFC, really. Uh, and maybe they are, but 49ers come in and beat them today. Robbie Gould at the horn 23-20. Those were three big surprises.
1: Okay, so cliff notes on each of these games. I actually my picks column I do every Thursday on FanSided. I picked the Falcons to beat the Raiders because I now I, I did not pick them to win 43 to 6. But I thought that is, to me, the classic letdown game for the Raiders. They, they lose an emotional game in, on Sunday night football against their hated rivals. It it's comes right down to it. Then they got to go cross-country, play an early game against a team that it, they're not going to get up for. They're 3-7. and seven. Julio's not even playing for the Falcons. It's a, it's a sterile dome where, where there's no juice whatsoever. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, there's no fans. There's, there's no juice even when there is fans in that stadium. So that, to me, is the classic game that a young team lets down. And I thought for a minute, I said, you know, maybe the Raiders, they started 6-4 and four last year and then fell off a cliff. So I thought, well, maybe they'll have learned. Maybe they'll have proven to have learned, but they didn't today. They get hammered. That's a killer of a loss in the AFC. It's a killer. You have to go out there and win that game for the Raiders. Now they're in an uphill battle to make the playoffs. Arizona, you mentioned. Look, I'm not surprised. That was the other game we talked about, I believe, on here last week that I thought Arizona could lose that game. Newton was absolutely god-awful on this thing. He's for 84 yards and two picks. He's horrific. But, and, and the Bats did nothing rushing the ball either. They didn't go four yards to carry, but it didn't matter. Uh, Kyler couldn't do anything. Belichick. Always has something for these young quarterbacks. And the Cardinals made some mistakes. Look, they, they bogged down at the one-yard line on one drive. They miss a kick late. You know how it goes, man. I know it's a different team this year for New England, but you do that stuff up in Foxborough, you'll lose. You just do. And they, and they certainly did. And then the Rams game, I've never put the Rams in that group. With those To me, those top four teams, which is Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, uh, and Tampa. Although Tampa's starting to fall off. Maybe it should be a big three at this point. And it's because of Goff. I just never trust him. Like, if you can get any pressure on Goff, he's a pumpkin. And in this game, 1931, 198, two picks. Like, you're just – and one of them is a pick six, by the way. Like, you're not going to beat anybody when your quarterback is unbelievably reliant on everything going well around him. You're just not. Because in the playoffs, everything doesn't go well around you. You're gonna and, and the Niners are are playing very hard. I give Shanahan a lot of credit that teams even 5 and 6.
0: They've been beat up to the hilt. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. But like, let's be,
1: if you're the Rams, if you're a playoff caliber, Super Bowl caliber, you gotta win that game. You're at home. It's an awful loss.
2: Yeah, and it's not like Nick Mullins was uh, lighting it up for the Niners. No. I mean, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. He was 24 35. was fine, but it's only for 252 yards. And uh, that's kind of a stunner, man. The Rams
1: were. Bad in, loss.
2: Yeah, in, in theory, rolling here, but week to week, NFL. Let's go uh, into the future. Are the Saints or Packers the better bet for home field? Uh, Green Bay looked great tonight. Put up 41. Um, That's, by the way, uh, for for the Packers, uh, that is the second most points that they've scored against the Bears in the Super Bowl era. They put up 55 in 2014 for whatever that's worth. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is great. He's... I just love watching him play, even when he's crushing my Bears. Uh, but which way are you going on this one, Bernard? Interesting question. You got Saints or Packers, the better bet for home field?
1: The Packers. Packers. Um, and that's a weird thing to say when the Packers are a game behind the Saints. But here's my rationale. So Drew Brees has a collapsed long, or at least had a collapsed long, And uh, per Edwarder over the ESPN has 11 rib fractures. Like when is Drew Brees coming back? I I don't know. I mean, I I got, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say I have any inside information on this. I don't, I don't know that anybody does, but he's eligible to come back. I believe it's after next week. I mean, does anyone really think he's coming back after next week? I, I have a hard time seeing that happen. I just, I mean eleven rib fractures? I I don't care how quote unquote minor they are. They're they're rib fractures. So I kind of gotta think he's out for at least a couple more games. And the Packers play nobody, man. I mean, you look at now that you look at their schedule. Eagles at Lions, Panthers, Titans at Bears. Okay, Titans is a tough game. It's at home though, it's on Sunday night football. They're not losing to the Bears. They're not losing to the Lions. They're not losing the Panthers. They're not losing Philly. Like they're going to be favorites in all five of those games. I think they win all five of those games. I think they're going to go 13-3. And New Orleans lost to Green Bay earlier in the year. So that means that New Orleans just going to run the table, in my opinion. And I just, I do not think they're doing it. Taysom Hill was god-awful today. Okay, It didn't matter. They won by 28 points because Denver didn't have a quarterback. Taysom Hill was 9 of 16 for 78 yards and a pick. He was awful. But they're not beating anybody who's any good with him at quarterback. And – Look, they got the Falcons next. They probably win. Oh, that's a rivalry game. They probably win. Then they're at the Eagles. Probably win. Then they host the Chiefs. Like, if Drew Brees isn't playing in that game, they're losing that game. Taysom Hill is not beating Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I just kind of think they're both going to end up 13-3 and and the Packers have the tiebreaker.
2: I, I think Green Bay is running the table, too, I and I think you're spot on here. We, as you mentioned, Green Bay, we, we should uh, hit on the story in the NFC North with Matt Patricia getting the old boot, um, yes. which we've been calling out for quite a while, um, along with uh, the general manager, former now GM, Bob Quinn in Detroit. Uh, you know what's just painful about this from a Lions perspective? You had a quality head coach who was – doing a decent job for you and Jim Caldwell. You fired him, over 500 guy, for the disaster that is Matt Patricia. Yep. Good job moving forward. But that's just like, you know, you look in the rearview mirror and it just, it just looks real damn ugly. And uh, any thoughts on where the Lions go from here?
1: So my column, uh, the Stack in the Box column on Monday, is going to be led with that. I, I wrote it over the weekend. Uh, a little preview of it. Look, I think for the GM job, one name that I'll tell you right now I keep an eye on is John Dorsey, because nobody evaluates talent coming out of college better than John Dorsey. Nobody. You want a good case in point? Look at the Chiefs. Team is loaded to the hilt with guys he drafted, uh, and and Veach, and deservedly so gets a lot of credit from Hall. But Dorsey was the one who took him and made the move. Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Eric Fisher, Tyree. I mean, all, all all Dorsey guys. He drafted, you know, Kareem Hunt. He drafted very well in Cleveland. Um, you know, Mayfield, obviously right now is a question mark, but I, I'd keep an eye on him as, as an experienced hand and someone who's been in that division for a long time with Green Bay. As for coach, here's the thing. They're not going to get Eric B because they don't have the, they don't have the best option, right? Like if you're a you're gonna have a enemy, you're going to have your pick of the litter. And there's just better jobs out there Detroit's got to go out and get somebody who is a young in my opinion a young assistant 50 and younger who maybe isn't gonna have three or four interviews go get Joe Brady from Carolina go get Matt Eberfluss from from Indianapolis the coordinator there like and give that person a chance to build the team say look we know we're not good. We got to probably move off staff we're giving you three years minimum. We're going to build this thing the right way to me. That's how you sell Detroit. Cause it's not a, it's not a sexy place to live. It's not, it's not a sexy franchise right now. You got to sell stability and they have a new owner there and Sheila Ford ham, who is the, the daughter of the, the Firestone family. Obviously of course, also the Ford family. Um, this is her first hiring cycle, and I, I think this is an opportunity for them to rebrand a little bit.
2: Patricia thirteen twenty nine and one in his two seasons with the Lions uh, six and ten three twelve and one last year, and then now four and seven. Uh, just to put a little cap on the old headstone here, if you will, I, I the the Brady call uh, he was discussed at Thanksgiving to be replacing Matt Nagy in Chicago. So it's the second time I'm hearing his name in the last four days. So maybe may, very
1: may, popular in NFL circles.
2: Yeah. So, um, Hey, uh, whoever it's going to be, I'm just going to say this to Detroit. It's going to be an upgrade. At least they'll, at least they won't have a laminated, uh, play card with a pencil where you can't write on it. I, I think that that's the, uh, and, and Matt Patricia, will, by the way, will get another job in the NFL and he's just, Got a shot at it, and it didn't work out. So I'm not no pity parties. He'll never be a head coach. No, he'll be a coordinator. Yeah, he'll be a coordinator. He'll be a DC. But he'll—I
1: mean—that's that, a one and done head coaching situation. Good luck sure. if you're ever selling that to a franchise.
2: Sure. Um, you want to talk about the COVID and whether or not that's becoming the regular? I mean, the NFL is. Playing their games today, or did play their games today, but they're having a mandatory nobody in the facilities Monday and Tuesday, which is interesting, by the way. They're having two games played on tomorrow and Tuesday. Um, I think this is going to be the regular the rest of the way. Where are you going?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be more frequent because of the way the country's going. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be, and I'll tell you why. I think if we really, if this continues to happen here, I think the league, if they had to, would pause it for a week and just say everybody's getting in a freaking local bubble. That's it. And it was reported today that they've talked about that. I've heard similar rumblings that if they really felt like this thing was starting to close in on them, that they could kind of do something like that. Um, Look, I think my feeling is the NFL is going to do whatever it takes to get to the playoffs, whatever it takes. And then you knock 18 teams off the ledger. And then you can can just individually bubbleize these teams in their cities. Put them in a hotel. Basically, hermetically seal the hotel. And just say, look, you're not going anywhere except on sanctioned buses and sanctioned planes. And we're going to clean the hell out of them. You're going to go to the stadium. You're going to go straight back to the hotel. And that's what you're doing through the the Super Bowl. That's it. Because I don't think it's hard to do. I really don't. In that sense, look. You're going to have 14 playoff teams. You're immediately cutting it down to eight at the end of the wild card weekend. You know, and then after that, four. So I, I don't think it's that difficult to do that. And, and the players, like, they're going to want the playoff money and everything else. They're going to, they're going to get on board. But no, I think I, – look, man, the NFL sent a message today with the Broncos. You're going to play a game like that. They're basically saying, hey, we're playing these games. So you you can do whatever you got to do. Wear a mask. Get in line. Otherwise, yeah, you're gonna have a practice squad receiver playing quarterback.
2: You think that looks different if Denver had actually been in a playoff race?
1: Maybe. Yep, I, I do, and I don't think like quote unquote it shouldn't be. But it yeah, probably. Like if that's the Chiefs, yeah, they're they're not playing that game.
2: I mean, I I'm not sure what I think. I, I my guess is that they probably still would. Screw you. We're playing these games. Maybe. We got we got TV money to make and. We're not stopping the season uh, because you're missing your guy who's got COVID. I, I think they would play it, but it is interesting to consider. I'm
1: going to say this, and I have no basis for this other than just my opinion. I, let's say it was the Chiefs and Chad Henney, you know, just throwing a name out there, got COVID. And it came, you know, oh, Mahomes is a close contact and he tested negative as the Broncos quarterbacks did. I believe that the NFL would be like, yeah, he can play. That's my opinion.
2: Maybe. Money talks. Always has, always will. All right, let's look at the Bears. You got, will Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace survive the Bears collapse, which is now on a five-game slide at five and six. Mitchell Trubisky was back out there today. I actually thought relative to Nick Foles, he looked a zillion times better. Uh, The offense looked better. Really? Yep. He's elusive, man. He can geek. He actually can get away now. He he throws terrible picks. He's thrown into triple coverage. <laughs> he's so bad. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make it out like he's. Uh, you know. You know what was the most disgusting stat from the whole game tonight? They put on uh, on channel on, on NBC. The Chicago Bears' leading uh, quarterback in throwing touchdown passes against Green Bay is Sid Luckman.
1: Sid Luckman. I believe it. From the '40s, Hall of Famer, great man. Yeah, that's great. Sid Luckman had a completion percentage of about 43. Still, I mean, the, still the best the Bears have ever had by a mile. Uh, uh,
2: that's so pathetic. You are telling me that nobody could throw more touchdown passes it, and it, for 16 touchdowns? It ain't like it. You know, I mean, my God, you you play him, you play him twice a year. You threw. I mean,
1: four. I would have thought Cutler had it. Cutler was second with 15. Okay. I mean, just, just not because Cutler was any good, but just because you know he, wasn't he was there long enough. He and.
2: was there forever. You'd think that damn Bozo would have thrown at least 20 touchdown passes against him. He was there for t- nearly 10 years. Uh, it, was, it was pathetic. But uh, to answer your question, will Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace survive the Bears collapse? I mean, I don't know. Virginia McCaskey was up there in the box, all 98 years old of her watch of the Bears Day with her mask on. I wonder what she was thinking. I, uh, Lawrence Holmes uh, on the score had a funny tweet. Well, You brought Virginia up there for this. Uh, <laughs> that was a good. That was a good zinger. Um, but if I had to guess, I, I I think they both survive. I think they get one more crack at it. They're they're both signed. It's a weird COVID year. I I, I think they have some winnable games here. They you know they play the lines. They got Jacksonville. Maybe they get to seven. I I, I think I think they survive.
1: I brought it up because I know we we talk about it a lot. I feel yeah. like, but you've always had this opinion. I was just curious if this game was kind of changing. Considering I kind of feel like this was the ultimate, you know, knockout blow here. Um, listen, man, you're plugged into Chicago sports. Nobody uh, knows what's going to happen here, though, man. I, honestly, like I, I'm guessing. Uh, but- I just the problem for me is, look, I think Pace has no business being employed. Zero. He's done an awful job. That said. You do hear that, like, the McCaskies love them. And, that, like, they, they're not going to can them. Like, they love them, like, on a personal level. They're just not going to fire them. But then I look at it and I say, my God, like, Chicago's a real sports town. Like, no offense to, to some of the other cities in the NFL or whatever. But, like, Chicago's Chicago's bear country. I mean, I've only lived there five and a half years. But, like, the Bears and the Cubs and the Blackhawks when they're good. But, like, those are the teams, right? Like, the Bulls certainly, I'm sure, but, like, right now they're down. You, you The Bears are Huge deal in Chicago. And and so for them to be not even just like bad, because they're not like awful. I mean, they're five and six, but they're just so pathetic to watch. Like I I just, it's almost like it's a it's just sad. I I think at some point the McCaskies have to fire pace. And if you fire pace, you have to fire you have to fire Nagy. Have to. You, You can't. You can't fire Pace and then go to some GM candidate and go, okay, listen, we want you to have Nagy. Okay, great. Well, what happens when Nagy gets fired after next year? Then what? Like, I don't think they're going to can him. I, But I, I think they should. I don't think there's any reason not to fire both of them. And I've been a Nagy defender up until this year. This is abominable. They can't score a point.
2: Well, and you've got Tony Dungy on national TV saying that the Bears basically, the Bears defense basically gave up. I mean, he said that. Now, I thought
1: they did. Did you?
2: The, yeah. I, I Listen, I thought that uh, Kyle Fuller was the only guy out there that I saw today who had any real pride in hitting someone. I mean, Eddie Jackson's out there, he's trying to strip the ball. Sometimes you gotta put your head down, man. You know, it's you're on national TV,
0: it's a rivalry game. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
2: I know you're short of Kim Hicks. I know that whatever, it, but... They're, they're, and I know there's a zillion NFL rules right now, but come, go out there and hit someone, man. Uh, I mean, Fuller was trying to do it all by himself. So, listen, yep. um, did they give up? I think it's a fair assessment. And uh I thought it was you, too. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I gotta
1: tell you, not, and I don't want to bully with the point here. When you quit in the NFL, like I, I was watching the game on Thursday, if you want to call it that, between Detroit and Houston. And I was watching, I think it was the third quarter. And just the body language on Stafford, the way the defense was playing, I kind of just said it to myself watching the game, but I said, this, is, this is it. They've got to fire him. I mean, D- Detroit doesn't even care. Houston's just running up and down. There's no effort. I got to tell you, man, not quite to that level, I felt the same way about the Bears tonight. The Bears' defense looked like they basically said, "Eff it. We're sick and tired of having to stop every team on every drive because the offense can't move the ball. Trubisky's out here throwing these YOLO balls. He, he's, I'm just going to sling it out there, whatever the hell. I mean, that pick in the end zone, what the hell was that? I mean, it's one of the worst picks I've ever seen. He just threw, It wasn't like he got fooled. It was just double coverage. The guy had no shot to catch the ball. He just wails it in there. Later in the game, he did the same thing down the middle of the field. You know, the fumble, okay, and guys lose balls in the you know, they fumble in the pocket. But I mean, he, he looks atrocious, and that to me is the biggest indictment of the coaching staff. And obviously, if Nagy like Trubisky's never been good, but he's gotten worse. Like Trubisky two years ago is better than this, he can't even play.
2: Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm going to defend him here, which is a weird place to be, but he threw a couple of Shane. touchdown – he threw a, tuple, a couple of touchdown passes earlier, they were both dropped. Cole Komet drops the ball. Uh, Al, he did. Allen Robinson, it's a, it's a 50-50 ball, but, like, he's got to make that catch. I mean, they, twice they should have been in the end zone. Um, at least it didn't look – like, you watch him play with Nick Foles, they, 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 they can't even get the ball out. That, that was not the experience with Trubisky today. Um, I mean, I, I, I think you, and I think you stick with them, but, uh, look, the heat's being turned up on on Nagy right now. I mean, if I, I'm just like scrolling through Twitter as we're talking and I mean, there's article after article, hot seat heats up for bears coach Matt Nagy after humiliating 41, 25 loss to the Packers. Um, people, so look, it, it, if it, if it goes straight South, straight South, um, I, I suppose if they finish five and eleven, I, he he probably does not survive. I don't think they're going to though, um, and I really think it does require five and eleven. You got Detroit this week, and you got the Texans, and you got the Vikings, and you got the Jaguars, and then you got la- last week at Green Bay. And who knows if the Packers are going to need that game or not? I mean, I don't know. They 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 might even get to eight. You you firing them at eight and eight
1: after twelve and four and eight and I, eight, I don't, eight. I think it's a conversation. Anything less, I'd fire.
2: Yeah, I, to me, it doesn't matter at this point. If they finish eight and eight or five and eleven. Do you want him to be your coach going forward, long term? Because I, I think the answer to that is emphatically no. So you should fire him now, uh, and move on. But I don't think they will. John Fox got four years, and he didn't have a twelve and four season, and they're going to the playoffs. I, I, I don't know. Um, and if you are getting if you if you are getting rid of Nagy, you're letting Pace hire him, the next coach. You got to fire him too. I mean, they're a pack. They're a package deal. They're a package Absolutely. deal. So, all right, let's let's move on. Um, you're you're predicting that Anthony Lynn's going to be out at the end of the year with the Chargers.
1: I mean, it has to be. Nobody is a nicer guy than Anthony Lynn. Okay, nobody. Anthony Lynn needs to be fired, uh, and I, I, I take no pleasure in saying that. He just he has to go. I don't know how you can bring him back. I get it. Not exactly a hotbed of, uh, you know, of, of fandom for the Chargers. I understand all that. He's got to go, okay? And not because they lost to the Bills. Like the Bills are a better team. The Chargers at the. Did you see any of that game? I did not watch.
2: The, I did not watch Chargers Bills.
1: Okay, so I watched. I watched the second half of the game. I didn't watch first half. And full disclosure. Now, they're down 27-17 to 17, late, late, late in the game. They're not going to win. Fair enough. So the Bills are, are winning by 10. It's, it's the final two minutes. And uh, Herbert throws the ball. It's fourth and 27, okay, at, at, at the Chargers on 43. Throws what is essentially a Hail Mary. It gets caught. The Bills, apparently, not great against Hail Mary's. Ball gets caught at the Bills' two-yard line. Chargers so I, don't. Chargers yeah. do not have a timeout. They get up to the line, first and goal at the two. They're down ten points. Twenty-four seconds left. They run the ball. I mean, like what? What are you doing? This coming, by the way, after which is this is far more egregious. It's seventeen-six with with two minutes to go for the half. The Chargers are down 17-6. They got a timeout. They got a fourth and two at Buffalo's 48-yard line. They punt like with 12 seconds left. Like, What is the downside of going for it? And if you watch the Chargers, this is every week. They have no ability to manage the clock. Lynn is conservative as hell. Their special teams are a wreck. They finally reassigned the special teams coordinator earlier this week. Anthony Lynn will be a coach in the NFL for a long time. He may even get another head coaching opportunity, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, maybe he learns, he he reassesses. This ain't it. Like, they've got to move on, and they'd be a hell of an attractive job, man. Herbert, L.A., you could do, you know, good roster. You could do a lot worse. Chargers have got a lot of good head coaching candidates in there.
2: That is unbelievable. Kick the field goal and do the onside kick,
1: my man. Or just my God! Throw it! Or what are you doing? It's it's inconceivable. It's, it was I was watching it when it happened and was just blown away. Like I honestly thought I was missing something.
2: Well, and also as as you're underlining, like when you when you blow leads week after week after week, you're you're obviously uh, not understanding the intricacies of how to uh, manage the clock slash win close football games, which is what. You, get paid to do. All right. Let's do in or out. The Dolphins make the AFC playoffs in or out. Uh they do get by the Jets today. Un uh Tua not able to go. If it's magic gets it done. That was a big loss for the Jets because I if you're gonna win a game today would have been a shot and it didn't happen. You got the Dolphins in the playoffs?
1: No, I don't. Um the Dolphins did not play well today. They beat the Jets, which I guess congratulations. Um, But no, I don't because I think, look, they're going to beat the Bengals this coming week. They're going to get to eight and four. The Bengals are god-awful. Then they play Kansas City. And then they are home, I believe, it goes to the Pats, that at the Raiders, at the Bills. I think they're finishing nine and seven. And the, you know, the way they get to the playoffs for them is they're going to have to beat the Raiders and then maybe finagle it where you're 10 and six, you want some breakers. Cleveland's eight and three. Like, Cleveland's a total fraud, by the way, and the biggest fraud on earth, but they're eight and three. They have a negative point differential and they've won eight of their 11 games. It's just, it's ridiculous. But that said, they won eight games. Like, they're, they're getting a 10. I think Baltimore is getting a 10, even with this loss coming up to Pittsburgh. I think they're going to get their schedule's a joke after this game. They can just get healthy and they'll win 10 games. I think the Raiders, even with that loss to the Falcons, as bad as it is, those they, they got two huge games with Miami and Indy, and they're at home in both of them. Like I, I think Miami's on the outside looking at it. a hell of a year, even if it finishes that way. But I think that's how I think that's how it goes for them.
2: It's interesting. Like, is Tua gonna get back healthy and play? Are they sticking with or is it gonna be the Fitz Magic show to the end here? I find it very entertaining that Dolphins Raiders game is gonna be a sweet one. Um I guess I'd have to pick the Raiders if my life was on it, so I'll be with you here and be be out on the Dolphins. But uh they're they're certainly gonna make it interesting here down the stretch. The Seahawks win at least two playoff games, in or out on Seattle. I'm in. Whoa. You've been riding the Seahawks roller coaster. Go well,
1: ahead. Defensively they're not good, although they've been better the last week and a half. I don't know what that means. So it's a week and a half, but it is what it is. They have a great quarterback. I know he's turned the ball over some. I don't care. He's turning the ball over some because they have to make every play in the book to win these games. Here's why I'm in. Let's say now their schedule is not hard going forward either, although they do play the Rams again. And they, you know, the Niners are never going to just completely roll over, but it's not a hard schedule. But let's say, for argument's sake, they go 12 and four. They're, they're the three seed. Okay. They're gonna play who in the first round? They're probably getting one of Arizona, Tampa, LA. They're at home. They're probably, like I'd pick them to win, right? Like, I'd pick them to win that game because Arizona. Look, Arizona six and five, and I've been on the Cardinals train since April. But I mean, let's be real. You're a hail mary away from being five and six and on a four game skid. Like they have not played well, so I'm not picking them to beat Seattle in a playoff game. I'm not picking the Rams. I'm not picking golf to go on the road and win a playoff game. And I'm, I'm sure, and I know he's done it, but I, I'm not the way he's playing right now. I wouldn't. And I would. Would you pick Tampa to go up there and beat them?
2: Listen, uh, no, no. Uh, listen, I've got Seattle in the Super Bowl. That's
1: my. Okay. That's okay. Uh, and I. I got lose losing uh, in New Orleans in the NFC title Fair enough. That's where I got him right now. I'd I need to beat Greenback. And I. The Packers are, are, are getting
2: better, man. That offense, he's figured out his weapons. Robert Tanyan, I
1: mean, right? Uh, he, I, I agree. I, my big problem with them, not to cut you off, my big problem with them is that dead defense, man. Like, I know against the Bears it looks good, but they, they do not stop anybody. And their coordinator, Mike Pettin is under fire, and for good reason. That's where I just, I just think Seattle in a game against them would score 50 points. I just don't yeah. think Green Bay could stop him. But, but who knows, man? I don't know that shadow could stop Green Bay.
2: So we're both in on the Seahawks winning at least two playoff games. Patrick Mahomes will throw for 5,000 yards. He's on pace for that now after 460, whatever it was, say 463. Uh, I guess I'm out because they're probably not going to need him to do it. Where are you going?
1: You don't ever, ever. Bet against Patrick F. Mahomes. You don't. Actually, Patrick L. Mahomes. I'm saying
2: that he won't because I'm betting with him that he just won't need to do it. I'm betting on his talent, like putting
1: away the season beforehand. I'm betting on him that he's just going to do it. Like, I understand your theory and your point. It's well taken. He's on pace for 5086 I think he's getting there. Like, the last month of the year, I've watched every snap of his career probably two times over. The last month has just been an unbelievable tour de force, even by his standards. Like, okay, the Jets stink, but 400-plus yards, five touchdowns. The Panthers lights them up for, I think it was 376, 378, like four touchdowns. The Raiders lights them up up and down the field. Then goes to Tampa. And, like, you usually – look, man, you see 462. You, that's usually a lot of garbage time crap, right? Like, guys throw that many yards, they don't win the game. He threw for 370 yards in the first half. It was unbelievable. He almost threw for 300 yards in a quarter. Like it was, and, like, Tampa's a real team. It's not like they went out and beat, you know, the Jets like that. Like, he, he was just lighting them up left and right. And I'll tell you what else. And this is a, a small point as an aside, but I just think it goes to show, A, the confidence level on him, and, and B, just the greatness of him. The Chiefs went into a two-minute warning against Tampa. Tampa used all their timeouts. Chiefs are around midfield, for those who didn't see the game. And it's second and eight, I believe. Now, the Chiefs are up three points. They could run the ball twice, run it down to about 30, 35 seconds, punt the ball, pin Tampa. Tampa's got no timeouts. And Tampa's got to go 55, 50 yards, kick a field goal. Reed threw the ball twice. Risking an incompletion, risking a stoppage, risking a, a pick, because he basically just said, Screw it. Even though we can do that, our odds are better to win the game just letting him throw the ball twice. And right his reign, he just ripped it in there. Two completions, third and six, hits hill on a comebacker, boom, game over. Like it's I've never tried It's to the
2: it. ultimate luxury
1: in the NFL right now. How's that? Well put. I, you know, I guess, Carm, all I'm trying to say is, I, and I think we said this last week, so I don't want to belabor it. You got to watch Jordan growing up in your formative years, and I can't imagine what that must have been like to root for him. I, I can sure as hell imagine what it was like to watch him rip my heart out. But he was the first athlete in my lifetime. Now, I was a kid in the 90s, but I remember him. I remember the back half, of three-peat. And what. He was the first player in
0: my life who was a player who – Progressive presents Forest Metaphors, about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's... Just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors. Presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Beat my team routinely. And I
1: still loved watching him. Like, I could separate the fact, even as a 10-year-old, that, like, he's so great that even though he's, he's killing me, I just love watching him. I remember that double nickel game you had at the Garden. And... People forget this. I'm sure you remember. But, like, the last play of the game, he passed. He went up. The whole Knicks team went to defend him, and he passed to Bill Wennington, who just slammed it in. And, be, and I remember even as a kid being like, that's an unbelievable play. Like, like Everyone in the world thought he was going to shoot the ball. And he was like, oh, no, Bill Wennington. Right it, Like, game over. Mahomes is the closest thing I've ever seen to that in my life for any team that I root for, and really as we're going down the road here, I think just any team I've seen, period, since. Like, there is a level with Mahomes where you watch him and you're just like, I don't care what the other team does. They're not stopping him. It's, I don't care what the coverage is, if they get pressure, if they blitz, if they back all. Like, I don't care. He's beating them. And that's how I feel about him right now. It is just such an Unbelievable experience to watch him play football. I am just in awe, and that's why I, yeah, I am in all the way. You really,
2: you know, when your head hits the pillow at night, you should send Brett Veach a, a freaking, I don't know, a lifetime supply of, of flowers or nice and, gift and, basket. I mean, so I, you know, to trade up to 10. And taking a quarterback, and you're not picking Deshaun Watson, who was 28-2 and two in his last two years at Clemson and beat Alabama in the national championship game. And you're going with Patrick Mahomes, who you went out and saw multiple times and just fell in love with. I had some serious cojones, man. And uh, obviously – and Deshaun Watson's having a hell of a career. He's a great but, player. But they hit the – they – knock that ball so far out of the park it's unbelievable all right um speaking of the texans spe- yeah speaking of the texans and sean watson the Texans have the most attractive job opening in their head coaching position are you in or out on that one
1: i'm in unless the chargers move on from lynn then i think the chargers do because herbert is surrounded by a much better roster um so here's my thinking we just talked about Sean Watson. He's top five quarterback to me. Sean Watson is tremendous, like borderline, like, like a potential Hall of Fame type talent. I look at the Sean Watson and think, if I'm a head coach, especially an offensive mind, I could I could make that work. Now, downside is with Houston, it's a little bit of a long game because you're digging out with what Bill O'Brien did. You don't have picks this year. Um, the defense is a total mess, but. I get nice weather, no income tax. Uh, I get Watson. It's not a bad gig. It's not and they're patient as hell with the coaches. Kubiak was there forever. O'Brien is there forever. It's not a bad job. The Jets, as bad as it is on paper, is interesting because you get Lawrence in theory, right? Like if you get Trevor Lawrence, it's a, and you're in New York, you could do it. Now the ownership's a friggin' disaster, but you know Lawrence. Jacksonville which I imagine will be open. If you like Justin Fields, it's a good job. No income tax again, good weather. And they actually have weapons. Like Chenault, uh, LaVisca Chenault is a very good rookie receiver. James Robinson prior to Rockford has been an unbelievable uh, revelation at running back for them. So there are some decent jobs out there. Atlanta's not a bad job, but I, I just think all told, again, unless the Chargers job becomes open, I, I like, I like the, the Houston job the most.
2: The two worst jobs, potentially. Well, one of them for officially Detroit, um, and and Chicago. If it happens, that's a tough gig. Who the hell's quarterback in the Bears?
1: Yeah, I mean Detroit to me is the is the worst of the openings. Yeah, because it's just there's just nothing, man. Like, look, I'm not trying to rag on Detroit. Where would you rather live? Right, like Chicago. Let's be real, Chicago and. The other part of it with Detroit is it's just such a heavy lift with them. It's just such – that roster's so bad. Like, the Bears roster needs help, obviously the most important position. But this is a very, very heavy quarterback draft. Which, by the way, the Bears don't take a quarterback in the first round. Everybody should be fired on the spot. Everybody. I don't care if God's in this draft as a receiver. If they don't take a quarterback between the kid at BYU, Trask, all these guys, I mean, you know, uh, Trey Lance, I mean, come on now. Got to like somebody. And, and I don't care. Move up. Do whatever you got to do. You know, and make it happen.
2: Let's wrap it on up. Uh, I know that uh, you got a little little uh, extra challenge going on in the Virta household right now.
1: Yeah. So uh, Wednesday, Steph uh, called me from work and said, I can't taste anything. And so that's not great. Probably get tested. So she did. Funny thing was, she came home a couple hours later. Taste was was not fully back, but was was mostly back. She's sitting there talking to me, saying, "I can't believe I went and got tested for COVID. Like now, I feel totally fine. I can't, you know, I was stupid. I I just panicked. Gets a call. Hey, you're positive. So, oh, she's been quarantined for the last five days in our uh, in the old master bedroom. I've been I've been, uh, taken to the, to the, uh, the, the guest quarters where I'm sleeping on a bed uh, on a mattress that it, it feels like a, like a prison cot. So I'll tell you right now, uh, that will be replaced. Um, it's been tough, man. It's been tough. And now, luckily, thank, thankfully, um, Stephanie is doing fine. She's got mild symptoms. She's just tired. She's really tired. Um, had a headache one day, but by and large is doing good. um, You know, she's even patting around the house a little bit. I mean, keeping distance. She's wearing a mask the whole time. She's got one of those N95. So uh, we basically disinfected the entire house, uh, any any high traffic area anyway. I'll tell you what the hardest part is, though, man. And this is kind of a sappy thing, but if you have kids, you get it. And maybe even if you don't have kids, you get it. She can't touch Maisie. And Maisie wants to hug Steph in the worst way. Wants to give her a kiss. Wants her to pick her up. She just can't. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Maisie's three. Um, and Maisie was just crying today. And I said, you know, honey, what's wrong? And she's like, I just want to hug mom. You know, and that is uh, the I mean, unseen hand in this the whole thing. Right. Like, what do you say? You'll be able to hug her in a few days. I mean, she's got to wait till, till the end of Friday. I mean, do you the tell day. her that, that uh, mommy has mom, mom's sick? We okay. don't want to get sick because we both got tested as well. We're both negative, right? Um, they tested you know? the three-year-old, and they Oh, yeah, yeah. And they just shut down Maisie's daycare because the uh, one of the people the one of the people who runs it is positive. Oh my God! And the other one, and the other one who runs it might be. So, and they all wear masks the whole time. They shut the whole thing down. It's just uh, you know, unfortunately, we have to we have to send them. We have no choice. I mean, we both work. It, there's no way around it. But man, it's been tough, man. It's been really. But I, I'm looking at it like this: like I am thankful in the in the Thanksgiving spirit here that it's a mild case to this point. Knock on wood. Thank God it'll stay that way. Uh, Maisie doesn't have it. I don't have it. Although Frank, I, the hell with me. I'm I'm glad Maisie doesn't have it. Um, but yeah, it hits home when your your daughter just is crying because she just can't hug her mom. And it made me think about all these poor people who have lost people who can't hug their mom or their dad or their best friend or their brother or their sister because they might get COVID and that person's in the, in their hospital bed on a ventilator. And that's the end. Like as sad as this whole experience has been for Maisie and Steph, right? Like God willing, everything goes the way it's going. Like, Maisie will be able to hug Steph a few days. You know, those people that have lost a, a loved one, they'll never have that person back. And so my, my parting shot here, look, this isn't a political thing. People have got to get past that. This is a be a good human being thing. And I don't care. Like, if you don't feel a mask helps you. Okay, look, I'm beyond even trying to fight that. Fine. Do it so somebody else's kid can hug their mom at night. And do it so you don't end up in that situation, even if you don't think it helps you. Maybe it does. And, and do it so somebody doesn't, God forbid, lose a loved one. Our, one of our friends down the street, his brother-in-law died of it two weeks ago, thirty-eight years old. Like 30. 38. and and not and I watched football at this guy two and a half weeks ago for a brief minute. He you know he swung by and you know we were we were you know following protocol whatnot, but he swung by and and he, was, he just stopped by his friend's house to pick something up. Dead. He's dead. He's gone. His wife is a teacher. Got COVID. Came home. Gave it to him. Wife recovered just fine. He died. Jesus. Uh, do uh, your job
2: uh uh yes we're uh all, everything that matt said i obviously we I, I would think that everybody who's listening and thank you by the way for listening to stack in the box we appreciate it um is with you brother i'll 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 take us out on a, a slightly positive uh do it. do it well you know it's thanksgiving and i want to uh my wife's mom's a very small gathering and in the garage and we had the wind, the half, the garage open, whatever. Anyway, but you know, my dad, he's, he's, he's going to be 95 here, knock on wood coming up December 16th. So they're home and no one's going over there. And my brother's like, you want to do a zoom? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, who you want to invite? And he's like, well, let's get that on there. I'm like, he doesn't know how to zoom. <laughs> um, yeah, and that computer that he has is from like 1962. It doesn't have a camera. It's not going to work. Man, Carmen, how old? Uh, 94 will be 95 coming up December uh, 16th. God so, bless. so he's like, but he, and I'm thinking to myself too when I get this, I'm like, you want me to send out the invite for the Zoom? Like, you're not going to do anything? And, you know, I, I thought it was just going to fall by the wayside. I get the email invitation, the Zoom invite from my 60-plus-year-old brother and my father's on there and lo and behold, the guy, excuse me, pops on. There he is. <laughs> He, like, you underrated was, him. Yeah, I did. And I didn't know his computer worked. And so, you know, the first thing is like you could see like one <laughs> blade of grass of his hair. And he's trying to, I'm like, Dad, tilt the computer. And he was struggling with it. Why do I only see myself? I'm like, Dad, hit the, and he, but he figured it all out. And it was amazing. Um, Good for him. It, it was, it was an, like, honestly, it was just a nice, uplifting moment on, you know, on Thanksgiving just to be able to see my, Ninety-four year old father yeah. and and have a moment. That's, it was really nice.
1: That's great. I'm glad you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And you know what? Let me just really quickly say, in that spirit, because um, I don't want to go out on a sad note in the podcast either. Um, it was incredible, and I, I actually said this in the Arrowhead Attic podcast. So if you listen to both, a thank you very much. B you're gonna hear a story twice. I tweeted out on, on Thursday on Thanksgiving morning that I was just thankful for my wife and you know, all that she does and, and, and how she's a frontline worker. She's a nurse. And, and all she talked about was when she got, when she found out she got COVID, the first thing she said was, well, you know, when I get better, I'll have immunity. I could work even more. I was blown away by it. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like God bless her, man. But in any event, tweet out, I'm thankful for, her. you know, she's COVID positive. She's doing good. I didn't tweet it for any other reason. Just a, I was thinking about it on a Thursday morning. I had a quiet moment to myself, and I just was, I'm thankful for it. the amount of people that reached out over that tweet. It was un, I I was blown away by it, absolutely blown away. I mean, friends, people who I just know from Twitter, people in in league circles, like people that work for teams. It was unbelievable. It was I could not believe how many people reached out, DM, text, call, hey, tell your wife, you know, we we really appreciate her and we're thinking about her, thinking about your family. It was reaffirming in a year that has been incredibly turbulent. It was a nice way to have a belief in humanity. It really, like, it was just, and most, if not all those people, they they didn't have to, like, I didn't expect to hear from anybody and uh, it would have been fine, but it was, it really was. It was an incredibly impressive show, and I'm glad. Um, as we as we wind down this year, I'm I'm glad that it seems like the, the, that there's an end on, in sight. I'm also glad that people have not lost who they are, and that's something that we can carry forward.
2: Good to be with you, and thank you for listening. Stacking the box as we enter week thirteen. Uh, which feels like a proper ending to uh this particular podcast. After this Thanksgiving weekend, we will see you midweek Wednesday as we look ahead to uh, as we I guess moving down the the playoff stretch here. So, thank you. Yeah, here we go. That's right, December indeed. It's uh, it'll be whatever December the second on Tuesday on Wednesday. We'll see you then.
0: Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 27. 333 AM. 333. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 333. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.